Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to our podcast here at the562.org, where we update you on everything happening with our local schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. Happy anniversary, boys. I'm JJ. He's Mike. He's Tyler. And we have been at the562.org giving you all this coverage for five years. Suffice to say, a lot has happened in those five years. But uh, congratulations to you, the community of Long Beach, for really blazing the trail on something we think is going to be the future of not just sports coverage in cities, but news coverage and coverage of the cities by the cities for the cities. So robble, robble to everybody involved. Tyler, you've done an incredible job doing some of this developmental stuff where we're getting the community more involved in the schools and the, the specific teams and the, the specific sports. And we've got some great stuff coming up as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to kind of start with a thank you to everyone who contributed to our five-year anniversary GoFundMe. Um, we met and surpassed our goal. We said, hey, we've been around for five years. Let's raise $5,000 to go right back into more local sports coverage. We did that and more. So thank you to everyone who contributed. Uh, reminder that those donations are tax deductible uh, since we are a 501c3 nonprofit. And that's been a really fun thing, kind of sharing our story um, over the past few years. You, you mentioned, JJ, a lot has uh, happened in the last five years, kind of yada yada over a lot there. But uh, it's been great to kind of share this this new perspective, right, of having a nonprofit that's committed to providing a service to the community. And that service is highlighting athletes, highlighting students. Um, and, and it's really the response that we've gotten back to that has been really great. So um, there's still tons of ways to support uh, the 562 even beyond uh, GoFundMe. Uh, so you can go to the website, there's a support tab, gives you an option to sign up as a Patreon subscriber. Um, you can donate to us directly via PayPal. Uh, obviously you can mail us a check if you're old school, uh, reach out to us. And of course you've seen in all of our coverage, there's sponsorship opportunities for schools and sports. As we move into the spring sports season, we'll have new sponsors coming aboard. Uh, thank you to uh, council member Megan Kerr uh, for her support of our softball coverage this season. Also wanna shout out P2S, a Long Beach based company that's sponsoring our dirt bags coverage once again. Uh, shout out to International City Plumbers who just came on as a new sponsor yesterday. Um, they'll be sponsoring all of our standings and schedule and ranking stories. Also got a shout out Misty May Trainer, the GOAT for sponsoring uh, our volleyball coverage and uh, Naples Car Wash uh, sponsoring our Long Beach State volleyball coverage. And of course, Naples Rib Company, longtime sponsors of everything we do. And my favorite thing that they sponsor sometimes is our dinners because Naples here. <laughs> so thank you to everyone for helping make this work because it really is a community effort. It might be Mike, JJ, and Tyler on the podcast and on the videos and all that kind of stuff. And you see our names on the website, but we wouldn't be able to do it with a ton of people behind the scenes, people like Marilyn Bull, people like Andy Kerr. So thank you to everyone who chips in uh, to make the 562 a reality for our community. Uh, boys, you know what the, uh, the the five year anniversary gift is? Actually, no. <laughs> is it paper? paper? Please tell me it's newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the two week anniversary gift. Uh, <laughs> It's wood, so I guess I, I got to get you guys some wood for our anniversary. But all right, uh, a salute to salute to five years all the way around. Uh, we talk about it all the time, man. But I, I uh, JJ and I would not have chosen to keep doing this after we got laid off if the response from the community had not been so strong. Uh, and I know Tyler wouldn't have felt comfortable leaving Long Beach State to come back if the community response hadn't been so strong. So, like you guys said, we're here for uh, we're we're here at everyone else's behest. 
but very happy to still be here five years later and, and feeling good about the future. Yeah. And shout out to JP Crawford right there. What? <laughs> Facts sponsor JP Crawford. Uh, I, gotta, got, I gotta get that. What? <laughs> got his, uh, got, got his first spring training, uh, knock the other day. Congratulations, JP. Keep, keep raking. Um, yeah, it's skin in the game, right? Like if, if you turn on the television and you're watching something, you didn't pay for it. You know what I mean? You're just kind of there, but like having it be such a community organization uh, where everybody is involved and everybody has, you know, stake in it, skin in the game. I just, it's revolutionary guys. And uh, I'm really excited about the future of, uh, of this organization and also organizations like it. Cause uh, we have done this before we have done things that people had never seen before and turned it into an actual thing, which makes us, uh, you know, flexible. We can, we can move around. We, we can kind of decide on the fly what we're doing. And it's always Long Beach based. And sometimes the planets align as they are right now. We just, had, we just had one of the most incredible winter playoff runs I think we've ever had. And th- this is coming after years of basketball teams getting to state, namely Polly. Uh, this is years after, you know, Milliken soccer winning, um, getting to championships with coach Rod Pekovich. We've had great uh, playoff runs here in the winter in Long Beach. But this year, Long Beach Polly boys soccer and Jordan boys basketball. And also, let's not forget the girls water polo teams from Wilson and Milliken. They're all making school history within like a two, three-week span. It was crazy in February. Obviously, check out all the coverage at the 562.org if you haven't seen it yet. But boys, I'm still wiping the championship vibes out of my eyes right now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And um, uh, outgoing CIF Commissioner Rob Weigott is not wiping the smile off of his face because he, he knows his lasting legacy with Long Beach are the competitive equity playoffs that have yielded many more championship games, if we're quite honest, over Facts. the past couple of years than we're used to covering in a normal year. So he's kept us quite busy, um, which is not a problem when we get to see teams celebrating championships. Of course, you know, sometimes it goes the other way and we did have to cover a few championship losses, but the opportunity to move on into the state playoffs as well is really cool for, like you were saying, JJ, making school history and especially at Jordan knowing this is the fourth CIF championship in boys basketball, the first since Ron Massey, um, when he obviously the legendary Hall of Fame head coach uh, that won three CIF championships at Jordan, no state titles for Jordan at all. So this would be a really big opportunity for this program. Um, they are not necessarily the favorites in their bracket, but that doesn't mean they can't win that bracket. So um, it, it's just been really fun to see and 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 watch teams and coaches that have that have worked really hard get an opportunity to make that deep playoff run, even if they're not a league champion. Can we talk about Jordan first and foremost? League champion Jordan. Then they get into that four A bracket and they win the thing. It was last Saturday at Edison High School, beating a good Sage Hill team, but doing it in classic. Chris Francis style. It's second year head coach Chris Francis who has turned that program around so quickly with the, I always say it's like those old VCU teams with Shaka Smart as the head coach. It's havoc. They go full court press. They got really aggressive guard play and it works and it's exciting and it makes it such an incredible atmosphere in the gym because High school uh, ba- uh, basketball playoffs are already a cauldron of emotion anyways, right? And then you turn it in, uh, turn it up a notch with a guy like Chris Francis, who you could see the love that that community 
and that team and those people from from really Jordan and Compton as well uh, that they have for Chris Francis and how much he means to that community. POD and all that stuff, man. I We have known Chris Francis for a while. And yes, he does rub some people the wrong way. Got to be honest, most great college basketball coaches do. And that's what he plays like. He acts like a college basketball coach. For sure. I mean, he like he's one of my favorite coaches we've been around um, and he's just like an instant espresso shot to any program he's at. You know, he turned a Millican program that I don't know, like what was the last exciting Millican basketball game before Chris Francis got there into a a place where you're just excited to be there every time you walk into the gym. And and the fact that he's been able to revive that feeling that used to exist at Jordan. Uh, when Ron Massey was there, I think makes it extra special. We had Steve Irvine, who's a former press telegram writer from back in the day who covered Ron Massey. You know, he quote tweeted one of our clips of a, a great dunk and just the crowd going crazy in the North Long Beach gym. And he just quote tweeted. It was like, I got chills watching this because this is what it was like in the nineties with Ron Massey. And I think in a city that has such a great sports history, but that has kind of seen the outside forces of money programs and private schools come in and sort of take some bites out of that history. That was really, really cool to me to see, you know, homegrown, uh, homegrown team connect to that part of its history and sort of buck off that feeling of like, Oh, the glory days are behind or whatever, you know, that, that was, that was really extra special for sure. Well, and, and, you know, the Jordan's obviously undergoing a renovation, so we'll get a new gym there. So it's, it's nice. I'm really relishing the opportunity you know, there's a lot of improvements, I think we can admit to that facility that that can and will be made. But there is just that charm to it still. You know, there is that nostalgia. You do feel the 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 history in that gym. And, you know, with these state playoffs, you have a Tuesday opening round game against a team that isn't necessarily a draw in Venice. No disrespect, but not like a big name program. And it's a it's wall to wall. And I mean, it is sold out full to capacity, basically standing room only in the corners in that gym. So, I mean, the North side has really showed up, you know what I mean? And supported this program. And it's a great environment for high school sports. Uh, So we don't know how many games are left in that gym this season. Could be the last one on Thursday night um, in the second round. But uh, a really special atmosphere and uh, really great to see something get turned around so quickly. I I did want to go back to the championship game quickly, JJ. Obviously, it was awesome that Jordan won. It was a great environment. It was packed there, too, and the crowd really helped the game. But I do miss feeling like when you get to that championship game, having it be a little bit more elevated and on that bigger stage when they used to have uh, the championships at Honda Center. That was the last time we had covered CIF Boys Basketball Championships was at Honda Center. And so now going into a, no disrespect to Edison, a regular high school gym, it loses a little bit of the panache. You know, you don't have the the press conference behind a, a real backdrop in a, you know, going through the tunnels of a professional arena. No disrespect to the CIF staff at all. They did a great job. They handled the event beautifully. And it's just, you know, it's just the magnitude of the event for me uh, missed it being at a place like Honda Center. Maybe that's just me being selfish. No, no, you're right, Tyler. Edison High School is a great place to host a tournament in the summer. Or at the beginning of the season in December. Absolutely. Good uh, good uh, people working there. Great parking. Let's be honest. That's important. Uh, <laughs> next to a freeway. Yeah, it's, very, it's very important. <laughs> it, really work, it really works out. Uh, and you can play multiple games and, and all that stuff. 
Um, but you're right. And I think panache is a really good word. It's just like the pomp and circumstance of playing at a place that has a locker room, right? Like they used to play some of them at Azusa Pacific. It's a really nice facility, like the little galleyway behind the bucket. Like it's a, it's a really nice place to play a basketball game. And they also have college locker rooms. Once they fix that damn roof at Walter Pyramid, that's also a great place to host some high school basketball championship games. Do you know what I mean? And you're right, Tyler. That to go to another high school as a quote unquote neutral site is a little falls a little bit short of what that game felt like. The Jordan, the Jordan community, J Town showed up, man. Also, shouts to other more league schools. I saw administrators and coaches from like Wilson and Milliken and Lakewood showing up like wearing Jordan blue. That is freaking awesome. Um, but yeah, they deserved to to fill a larger space with that energy than a space that could have hosted a Tuesday night league game just as easily. I agree. I'm sort of of two minds about it. Like I definitely understand what you guys are saying, but I also think we have to be realistic about the fact that the four a bracket is the ninth highest bracket of these, you know, several divisions. And, you know, I, I was doing, when we were at the PT and before that, I, I was doing, I think I did every basketball, cha- this might be the first basketball championship game I missed, but I don't know that Edison at 4 p.m. with a good crowd is worse than I covered a St. Anthony girls basketball game by myself that was the state championship that was at the Kings arena, the Kings old arena, uh, Arco, the, you know, what I think of as Arco, I think it ended as a sleep trainer. Arena. That game was at 10 a.m. on a Saturday. Oh, oh Cloud Plop Pavilion? Is that yeah. what is that one? And, and so and so I think even when you get the big venue, the problem then is it costs so much, you're really like slamming stuff in there to fit the time slots. And that 10 a.m. game where everyone felt like they were still waking up, including the officials, <laughs> including the fans, like that's what you'd have to do on like a Saturday, Sunday or something. But it, it's difficult because you've got basically a day and a half. You've got Friday night and all day Saturday. And I would probably rather for the for you know for four A obviously different for Division One Open Division whatever but for four A I think that's a good compromise um, and I do also think you know something we have to be honest about is um, CIF championships state championships they mean something different in the competitive equity area uh, era they don't mean less by any means and I think the three of us have been maybe the journalists who've been the most vocal about making sure everyone understands that. But it is different because it used to be that if we were covering a CIF championship for for a Long Beach basketball team, your only option basically was Division One. And even as they moved teams up and down, it was really the Division One team. So we're used to covering not the four A game at Edison. We're used to, and the city's used to what what happened at the Honda Center between uh, St. John Bosco and Corona Centennial, which is one of the best finishes in the history of championship high school basketball in Southern California with the crowd going crazy for a buzzer beating game winning dunk off a of steal. Right. And so I think that's part of it too, is, you know, we talked about this some with the, um, uh, the host site for like, I remember when poly football won their championship and it was at St. Francis. Now, St. Francis is an interesting football field, so it had sort of a feel of like this is different. But it was weird to be at a CIF championship that was just at a high school. And when people pointed that out to me, that's what I said is like, it's the Division Four championship. Long Beach football fans don't know what the Division Four championship used to look like because we never had a team in it before. So I think part of what we're experiencing is not, not less relevancy for Long Beach sports, but as we've slid down in divisions – we're kind of getting what like the San Gabriel Valley or the Valley teams probably have always had their championship experiences be like. 
And and just a quick counterpoint to that, because I know, um, you know, when Compton won their championship, I believe it was 2014, that was in Division Three, three double A, something like that. And that was at Honda Center as well. So it went down. And then the other brief counterpoint is that you, you mentioned it was like the eight or ninth bracket down, Mike. Usually in other parts of the country, the eighth or ninth bracket down wouldn't have a top 15 junior in the country the For way sure. this matchup had. You know, so I do think Southern California with the talent level kind of creates more interest even at these lower levels. And certainly the crowd was big enough to more yeah. than fill that gym. So I, I know there are logistical challenges just with the sheer number of games. So it might need to be a summit Honda center, some at the Anaheim convention center or whatever, or right. college sites. But I just feel like a slightly larger, more of a production venue where you have a dedicated baseline that's, you know, yeah. media can really be there. You can kind of separate the crowd away from the, the benches a little bit better, stuff like that. I, yeah, and totally agree. I think the Compton Championship was the year before they started doing the top girls divisions at the same site they were doing the top boys divisions. So it is, uh, you know, as is always the case whenever we talk to, and it's almost a bummer for me that we're so close with Rob Wygod because it humanizes some of these decisions where like, I look at the way other media people just sort of say shit that doesn't really actually make sense once you think it through. And it's like, that must be nice. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we're, we're just in a position where it's like, I do understand all of the different juggling they have to do of like keeping the boys and girls stuff equitable, um, you know, fitting the time slots in the expenses of like what games are making versus what they're costing them to host and stuff like that. Right. Because really their expense is renting those facilities. Um, unlike in the state bracket, uh, which I think we we're going to talk about the poly soccer team a little bit, like, the state bracket to me is a little more different. I feel a little bit more comfortable just kind of shaking my fist at that because that's where you're like, it's the state playoffs. It's a huge deal, but it's going to be a home game and it's going to cost a crap load of money. And the only thing that's different about it is that it costs a crap load of money. <laughs> it costs a crap load of money, not only for the schools, but also for the parents <laughs> showing up. The state playoff tickets are more expensive than the CIF Southern Section playoff tickets, uh, for those of you wondering. Also, I just wanted to say one more thing before we move on to poly soccer. Um, you're right. Both of you that the middle ground is where the answer is. Um, and no offense to Edison. Once again, the CIF people who were there, uh, worked great. Uh, the people who were, you know, quote unquote, volunteering the people from Edison, they were great as well. No disrespect, but if we're going to play it at a high school, why not play it at a high school that has a newer gym? There's been so many gyms that have been built recently that are like, look at our multi-million dollar gym at this public private slash private high school. Let's just play there, man. They look great. They, they look awesome on Twitter. I'd love to go to the, one of these one of these new gyms. Sounds good. So, so, since since the, this is the, I guess, the five-year anniversary is the counterpoint anniversary. I'll throw a, a brief counterpoint to that, which is the decision that was made was one big venue because they used to do basically two or three sort of medium venues, right? And the decision was, let's do a big venue at the Honda Center, and then let's do several high schools. And the reason for the several high schools is they can pick one that is more geographically close to one or both of the schools. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's fair. But that's after, after I traveled... After I traveled for a season, let's let's put let's put those numbers together. If I'm going to a championship game, bro, put me on a plane. I don't care. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But you know, for like ticket venue, you know, for the for the ticket gate as well as the other thing, it's like if it's at a nicer gym that's new in the Inland Empire, and both those teams are traveling from Newport Beach and Long Beach out there instead of sort of meeting in the middle, is that better? 
if you say yes, I don't disagree with you, but I understand yeah. the argument in the other direction of like, let's have it somewhere where more fans can get to easily and stuff like that. I, I liked that Ontario arena where the Ontario rain the played. Uh, bank. The, yeah. What is it? The Washington mutual uh, pavilion. <laughs> it was, no, it was the right. It was the Rabo bank. And I'd never heard of that bank before. So I just, that's thought- what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's a bank name, <laughs> an old bank name. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's the, the stick-up bank, the heist bank or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations yeah. again to Jordan. Um, but yeah, let's move on to Polly. Um, Jack Rabbit's boys soccer trying to pull the Cabrillo where they don't win the league. <laughs> they reach the final of the CIF Southern section in their division. And then they get to the state playoffs. But unfortunately, they lost in the first round of the state playoffs where I thought Coach Eric Leone did such an incredible job. Uh, getting that team to its peak at the right time after struggling with not having his full squad through the entire season, basically. Um, and he made a great point. He was like, we were emotionally gassed from Saturday, from all of the stuff. I mean, they had two PK shootouts to get to that championship game. I mean, that's, yes. that's, that's tough. Um, and they just ran out of gas. And he made a good point. He's like, we were emotionally gassed. That's why you see so many blowouts in this state tournament. Right. Is that these teams get in there and like you'll you go down 2-0 at halftime and then all of a sudden you're like, boy, be nice to not have to go to practice. <laughs> you start having those thoughts in your head, you know what I mean? Um, well, I, I I think the, the other thing about it too is soccer more than any other sport, and we've been fortunate to cover CIF championships in in really, I think, every team sport, right? Between us, Jage. It's the sport that most feels like you build a momentum through the playoffs. Right. It's the it, like basketball. You can have like uh, Lutzinger did on the other side of the bracket in that in that Jordan bracket. Blowout win, blowout win, upset loss that in soccer, you get this feeling of because you're so close to losing every game. The momentum builds from the start. And by the time you get to the playoffs, you, the championship, you feel like you're riding this crescendo. And you can feel that with Polly. You can feel that with the ferocity that they competed even when they were down one zero until there was a couple minutes left. But then the energy releases after that in a way that I don't think it does exactly in every other sport. What happened when Cabrillo won it was they held on to that energy, right? They 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 kept that poly. You could just see they were spent after that after that championship. And as you said, man, I was at those games. Those were those PK tiebreakers back to back, two in one week. That's exhausting. Yeah. I mean, that first of all, the extra soccer, right? Because they played overtime games that went the distance both times. True. But then just the like the fans, your your players, every your coaches, everyone's so like with every every moment for like three hours, basically, you're just on the edge of your seat. And uh, and I think it's difficult to reset from Saturday to Tuesday and be like, okay, hey. Let's start another one, you know, and and so uh, I I I said to Rob Shock, the poly athletic director, after the championship loss, I said they're going to lose, they're going to win by three or lose by three on Tuesday, right? There won't be any in between, and uh, you know, as you said, unfortunately, kind of went against them, but uh, but a great season, historic to make the championship for the first time since 1999. Um, had a great showing of those 1999 guys at the championship game on Saturday, which was cool. It was at Vets, which I think is what we were just talking about with basketball, that right balance of like you're not playing at the LAFC arena, right, or or stadium, but it's a nice, it's heightened from a regular high school game. I mean, it's in Long Beach, and we don't see high school games there almost ever. So it definitely felt special. I know everyone was excited and a great crowd from both teams, even though the weather was uh, quite frankly miserable. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, good good job by the media as well. Uh getting the coverage and not losing a camera. It's also a very yeah. important one that's got that sideways forced <laughs> gump rain trying right. to trying to save the equipment. That that's that that's what I got you and Tyler for our fifth anniversary is I didn't break the expensive 4K camera at the championship loss. Yeah, good job by you. <laughs> good job by you. Um, you know, I, before we get out of here, I I wanted to clear the air a little bit. Do you, do you have anything that you've seen in the playoffs uh this last month? Where you're just like, oh, I wish that would change, right? Like Tyler's talking about the um, the arena uh, for the championship games. Um, maybe not. I wish that would change, but just something you noticed. Like, I, I started to notice. You know, we've talked so much about the playoff equity, and God bless it, it has done nothing but good stuff for the CIF Southern Section because more champions means more celebrations, means more moments that kids will never forget, and that's yeah. what the student athlete experience is all about. We cannot lose sight of that. Who cares what it says on the banner? Try to hang a banner. Yeah, but I have started to notice something that I think a lot of people are going to start writing about next football season. So I'll get out ahead of it. The playoff equity moves teams based on playoff success, which I think is a is a really good way of deciding who you should be playing in the postseason. Overall success, but playoff success factoring in heavily, yes. Heavily, sure. right? Yeah. So what I think is going to start to happen, and it's going to start to happen this football season, it's been around for a couple of years for schools and sports that had never had it before, but they tried it with basketball. Now, if you look for, for an extended period of time before they moved it to other sports, basketball is kind of like the test case, right? Yes. So look at the basketball brackets. Go back and look at the basketball brackets for the Southern section. You're going to notice a real economic shift in who's in the open division, who's in the next division. You know, there was this uh, football idea that the private schools had an advantage over the public schools. And I think championships have bore out that that's not the case. However, don't look at private public, look at the amount of money in the surrounding area. And more specifically, the amount of money spent by that school on the program, AKA how much are they paying their coach? AKA, are they having summer things on campus to try to get kids into that school? I think in a few years, and it's going to start this year with football, we're just going to notice that the top few divisions are the rich people and the bottom divisions are the not so rich people. And that's not to say that either of those championships mean more or mean less. I'm just saying that equity and specifically the playoff equity we're talking about, equity is based on equality. And if you're going to make it equal through budgets, I'm okay with that. I just think that we should pay attention to it and notice it. Jordan played a lot of schools that are spending the same amount of money on their basketball program as they are. And if that's going to be the deciding factor, that's fine for me. Yeah, I think that that stuff's going to shake itself out. And I think in football, you know, as far as the budgets and stuff, JH, I mean, I think it has shaken out that way at the top end, at least, right? We've obviously had this run of St. John Bosco and modern day stuff, but um, if I had to pick a thing, um, you know, by and large, I'm sort of good with everything, but I guess I would say I always, it's a double-edged sword, but I would love to get the coin flips out of hosting decisions in the Southern section playoffs. If they're going to get to a point, and I know that their data environment's a little different with football than it is with like soccer. If they're going to get to a point where, they can seed teams one through 600 or whatever. I would love to get to a point where just like the state playoffs, 
even if it's an arbitrary decision to some extent, even if it goes against the Long Beach schools and we're on the road more, it would be nice to get a bracket out and be able to just plan it a little bit of like, okay, this is what your home game would be. This is where you'd be traveling. And obviously we've had it work out our way many times where a team is hosting a semifinal. They have no business hosting against the opponent. Sometimes that can make the difference. We've also had it go the other way where you're like, this team earned the right to be the number one seed. Why, why just because the coin flips went against them, why are they on the road two or three times in a row? Um, And so I, but I do think that's kind of one of the last big pieces of variability to me. And I, I don't really mind it, but I do think that they could um, they could move past that to get to what the state has with the true seating and the higher seed hosting. And um, I guess it's more of a personal gripe, bro, because like we're just able to look at this week and go, okay, home game this night. That would be a road game. And maybe just because it makes it a little easier for me to plan my life. But I'm not the only person out there who's going to these games and invested in them that has other other stuff going on. (laughs) So maybe it's more of a help for other people, too, if they're like, I got to get to the Thursday Jordan basketball game because I won't be able to get to the Saturday Jordan basketball game. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's fair. Well, we're going to go to both of them if they're played. So yeah. Thursday, we've got some softball because the spring has already begun. You're going to be able to find those previews for baseball, softball, and the other spring sports at the 562.org over the next few weeks. And as we wrap up this winter playoff season for Jordan, Thursday night is that uh, is that quarterfinal, or excuse me, I guess the semifinal game for the region. Um, and then they would play on Saturday and we would be there to cover it if they do. So please smash that subscribe button at the top of the 562.org. It is a one-to-one. The more money that you guys are able to donate, the more coverage we are able to give this fine sports community here in the LBC. So for everybody at the 562.org, thank you, Long Beach. We'll see you in the stands.